Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Here I am. Here we are. Rolling along. This is a yawny, loopy Wednesday. We're to the point now. I mean, it's not even that long after the end of the game. The game ended like 11-20 last night. It's not that much later, but, man, we have uh, we have talked and talked and talked about it. And, uh, you know, I think we've all come to the conclusion here in the Qs that the refs stink. Boo. But I, does anybody else agree with us? I don't know. I don't know. We're going to. We're going to attempt to figure that out, and if uh, if we don't like the answer, we may just immediately hang up on our, our next guest. I, I'm not sure. Isaac Shade of the uh, Locked On College Basketball <laughs> Podcast. Uh, don't hang up on me, Brian. Uh, okay. Don't hang up on me. I, I, I promise not to, unless my fingers get a little slippy on the button. You, you do you do the national podcast, but you also do the Locked On Tar Heels podcast. You, you cover the heels. You cover the league. You cover it all. Um, well, let's, let's start at the end. Uh, obviously we, we, you don't want to see a guy get hurt and RJ Davis was down for a while when he, sure. when he took the elbow. So first, before we get into the call, have you heard anything like how, how's RJ doing after getting clocked in the face last night? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like everything's fine there. Um, we haven't had about Derek Whitehead. I mean, that looks like a, a ruptured Achilles to me for him, unfortunately. But it sounds like Davis just, just took that good pop uh, to, the, to the side of his face from Judah Mintz. I mean, totally a basketball play. And, I mean, that's just, just what happens in basketball. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like he's going to be fine. Carolina has a week off. They don't play again until next Wednesday. And so you expect to see him back out there against Pittsburgh in the Dean Dome next week. All right, so you said it there, an important word, and good to hear that he should be okay, but um, you don't want to see a guy hurt, and that's partly why these rules exist in the first place, because you don't want guys to get hurt. But as you said, totally a basketball play. Did you think, uh, what did you think about the upgrade of that call from a charge, which it was, I mean, Judah ran him over to to the flagrant. Sure, sure. Yeah, like, here's my thing with all these, these upgrades, like, I get it the way the rules are written, right? Like, I feel like they adjudicated it properly based on the rules written as they are. My issue is with the way the rules are written. Mm-hmm. I would rather not not see as many of these upgraded to F1s and F2s as we do. I, I know a, a lot of people probably didn't see it, but um, Carolina had a similar play go against them on Saturday as they hosted NC State where Leaky Black went to block a Terquavion Smith transition bucket, and, and it was upgraded to an F2, right. chiefly because uh, Smith was carted off on a stretcher, and, and same thing as with R.J. Davis. Thankfully, he's fine. But uh, as unbiasedly as I can say it, I thought it warranted an F1, but was only upgraded to an F2 because of the result. And, and I would love to see us adjudicating these plays based on the play, not based on a, a resulting outcome. Yeah, I, it, it does feel like, Isaac, you're right. Like, a lot of these, you know, the refs are over there at the monitor, like, while the stuff's happening. You're looking at the monitor, like, while Terquavion's getting loaded on a stretcher last week, or while Davis, literally, he was on the ground, like, the entirety of the review uh, last night. And, yeah, it, it certainly factors in. That said, it was a, it was a heck of a basketball game. Uh, last night, like take take away the monitor reviews and all that, it's an up and down game. Yeah. It was a fun watch uh, yeah. last night. You know what? What was your main takeaways from from watching that thing last night? 
I'm yes, 100%. Brian, I loved this. Is just a classic Wednesday night ACC basketball game, and it's just fun. Two good schools. I mean, man, the middle of the ACC is just all loaded in together. All these teams within that seven and two to five and five, five and four range. And, um, and so I thoroughly enjoyed it as just someone who loves watching college basketball. It was a game of um, Carolina trying to pull away Syracuse refusing to go away. Like I I love games like that where there's some runs back and forth, people making plays kind of, kind of unfortunate to like, you know, I know a lot of Carolina fans loved how it ended obviously, but I know a lot of Syracuse fans, felt the exact opposite. And, and yeah, I just kind of hate to see games end like with um, s- some referee calls and some other things like that. I- I'd rather see it end with people making shots or blocks or, or other big plays like actual game plays rather than referee calls. Yeah, that's what the you know that's what the flagrant denied us at the end. It denied you know the playing out of Carolina having to go to the line and then you know Syracuse getting the ball back and seeing how it goes and, and that stinks. But you know, fun game and maybe it'll happen again in the ACC tournament. We're still a long way off uh, from that. Yeah. But you know, let's zoom out a little bit, Isaac, and look at this league here. And we've been talking about this league all season. Like, what is it? You know, you look at the rankings of the major conference leagues this year, and the ACC is not toward the top as they normally would be. Right. Clemson, right. Clemson out of nowhere is currently first in the league <laughs> halfway through the season. What, what do you make of this league? Is Clemson the real deal? Is Virginia the real deal in this league? Or is, is there a real deal team in this league this year? That is a fantastic question, Brian. I think Clemson is definitely more legitimate than usual. Like they've had some of those years where they'll they'll reel off a nice non-conference schedule. And then it just falls apart when they have to face ACC competition. They are more legitimate this year, for sure. Like, P.J. Hall down in the post is getting healthy and just is an absolute load. Hunter Tyson, Chase Hunter, these guys are legit. However, let me point something out about the unbalanced schedule schedule of the ACC. Clemson only plays Virginia once, only plays Duke once, only plays North Carolina once, Hmm. only plays Miami once. And they get to play Louisville twice. They get to play Florida State twice. They get to play Georgia Tech twice. And so there is something of that to it. Like, I miss the days of a true round robin. Like that, And obviously that would have been when Syracuse was still in the Big East. But I think that's one of the downfalls of the unbalanced schedules we play. At this point, I think Virginia, to me, is the clear front runner in this league. Of, of a lot of good teams, I don't think there is an elite team in the ACC this year. Of course, we'll, we'll find that out as, as we saw last year when the ACC was kind of looked down on nationally and then put three teams in the Elite Eight. So, I mean, you just never know. Yeah, as Jim Beheim has said time and time again, all that matters is the tournament. And you know what? That's right. Maybe that's not all that matters, you know, during the course of our season as we're covering the whole thing, but that's what people remember <laughs> uh, when it comes to the next year. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Isaac Shade, the that's lockdown right. college. And, and I think Syracuse. Yeah, go ahead, Isaac. Go ahead, sorry. No, yeah. I, I was going to say, and I think, as, as has often been the case in recent years, I think Syracuse has the pieces to do the kind of things they want to do come tournament time. I mean, you look at the veteran guys you have with people like Jesse Edwards and Joe Girard, and that makes a massive difference come tournament time, not to mention that Judah Mintz is just an absolute 
stud. For me right now, he's second in, in conference freshman of the year, right behind Kyle Filipowski from Duke. And so Syracuse has the pieces, and, and I think there's some legitimate – um, expectation on my part that they can make some noise in the postseason. All right, uh, we need to just pause for a second for the sake of our listeners who have been struggling with Judah Mintz over the course of the last week because he had two <laughs> possessions, not go his way. This is Isaac Shade from the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, an impartial observer of Syracuse basketball, who just said, quote, Judah Mintz is an absolute stud, end quote. Let's file that away, and we'll save it for later. People, Judah's going to be okay. Like, what, What's your takeaway from Judah? I mean, obviously, you know, we saw last night, sometimes his speed gets a little out of control. He, he's he's got to learn, you know, the different gears you need to play college basketball at. But what's your takeaway of seeing a freshman like that, you know, play for real for the first time like that? Well, you just said it. I mean, with freshmen, we're going to have that up and down, learning that it's not 0 to 100 every play. You have to learn how to go at different speed. Like if he is a, a, a manual transmission car, has to learn how to not just play in fifth gear, has to be able to play at second and third and, and know what to do. But his athleticism is on clear display. I mean, he is blowing past RJ Davis on, on the majority of those plays. It was just unfortunate for Syracuse that those last couple plays, RJ, RJ Davis found his way to get back in front of him there. But um, I mean, even, even in something, you, you look at the numbers. This dude is leading the ACC in steals as a true freshman. That alone exhibits to me his elite athleticism and what he is capable of. And so uh, very legitimately, I am incredibly impressed by him. But, man, he is not the only freshman there at Syracuse. I, I left more impressed with Chris Bell than I had been previously. Like he just, I thought he had a really solid game last night as well. Yeah, that was the that was the best game of Bell's uh, freshman season uh, so far. He, he was great last night, and you know we've been on Bell. He hasn't he doesn't rebound and all that, but you know he stuck his nose in there. He had yeah. Four boards last night, hit his shots. Uh, I think it was without question the the best game of his career uh, last night. Isaac Shade, Locked On College Basketball Podcast, is our guest, and you know Isaac on our post game program last night, something we began to take solace of is, talk about it, Syracuse right now it feels like is good enough to play in the NCAA tournament. The resume disagrees with it. So how do you get to the NCAA tournament if you don't win like a crap ton of games over the next month? It is Greensboro. It is the ACC tournament sitting out there at the end of the year. Like Virginia is going to be tough to beat for anyone, but it feels like, you know, this year the ACC tournament like there's going to be a lot of teams showing up there legit thinking they can win the thing this year, which is not, you know, this, that's not the case more years at these major conference tournaments. That's absolutely correct. There, there is a lot of hope for any, I mean, there, there are six, seven, eight teams that I could see a path to winning this thing. And especially for teams who are going to be like need that automatic, automatic qualifying position to make it to the NCAA tournament all the more so for them. And so, Syracuse, when, when I look at the, the resume so far, the, the best win at this point is that Virginia Tech home win. Yep. Outside of that, there's nothing that jumps off the page at me, and you have to work at overset, uh, offsetting those losses to Colgate and Bryant. I think those are the big dings on the resume right now. And so, I mean, coming up, you got both Virginia schools at Virginia Tech, at home to Virginia. That's the next two. If you could split those, uh, that, that would be really great. For Coach Beheim's team, um, and then there's still opportunities ahead um, at home, back to back against NC State and Duke, at Clemson, at Pitt. I mean, th- there are multiple opportunities in the back half of the ACC schedule for Syracuse to go out and do it. And so, I mean, this is not 
in any way something that's outside of the realm of possibility. Now, as you said, it is in Greensboro, and I've always loved Coach Beheim's comments about uh, where the ACC tournament is played. That, that's great. Um, and so that, that, that presents a different kind of challenge. But I think, man, wh- when you have that zone, it, it gives you opportunities to win multiple days in a row. Yeah, I mean, uh, going way back to when the Orange joined the league, and you know, the, the infamous comments about the Denny's and the whole thing. Like, there's a Biscuitville right down the street from the Coliseum. Like, they, there's, there's good options uh, down there, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, Isaac, let, let's zoom out even further, because we know this. The ACC, now who knows? The ACC always seems to come up with a team that makes a run in the tournament. Uh, who it'll be this year, I, I don't know, and it doesn't necessarily matter on uh, the 25th of January. It didn't uh, last year for sure, as we, we found out. But what, what are you seeing in the rest of the country? Like Purdue, you know, Zach Eady, they're great right now. The Big Ten usually falls on their face uh, in the tournament. Houston, what what defense? But are they really are they going to be able to score enough points uh, for six games? Then you got the Big 12, which is, oh, my goodness, like every night there's a top 10 game going on. What, what What's your sense of what's going on in the in the rest of the country right now? Well, you're right with everything you've said. In in the Big Ten, it's Purdue, and then it's a mess after that. It's Purdue, the middle, and Minnesota at the flat bottom. And so the, the big question there is, is Purdue legit? Zach Eady's the front runner for National Player of the Year. My, my concern with Purdue is that they have a true freshman backcourt. Both of their guards are true freshmen. They're great, but do they hold up in that six-game gauntlet mm-hmm. that you mentioned? It is uh, the Big 12 unquestionably the best conference in America. Right now, you've got the top five teams all ranked in the top 12 in America. I mean, it's just insane. And so I I wouldn't be surprised to see a national champion come out of the Big 12 for what would be the third year in a row following Baylor and Kansas the past two years. As for Houston, they've kind of got the Gonzaga effect going on, if you know what I mean, where they're in the AAC and, and they're winning games. Obviously, they, they lost on Sunday to Temple, but um, that defense travels, right? That Even when shots aren't falling, more often than not, Kelvin Sampson's team is going to lock you down. They've got an All-American candidate in Marcus Sasser. They've got a stud freshman in Juris Walker. And so, man, Houston has the pieces. Do not sleep on them. Right now, though, for me, best team in America is Alabama. Mm. They are playing at an elite level. Uh, Brandon Miller is going to be the freshman of the year. This dude is unbelievable. If you haven't seen him play, make sure you go do that. A big difference for Alabama this year from last year is that their defense is performing at a much better level than it was, and that's going to take them quite a ways. Not to mention, don't miss out on another freshman. They've got Noah Clowney, who is also a big-time player. Yeah, I think with Bama, you know, Nate Oates is the coach down there, and when he was up here at Buffalo, like the, the Arch had, you know, they lost to him once. They had a couple great games right. with Buffalo before he got uh, the call uh, from Bama, so we, we've seen firsthand what, what he can do. <laughs> That's right. But like this Bama team, it feels like the last few years, they've always been able to knock off the big fish, right? And then they, they get caught up with, with some of the little guys. It looks like they're starting to figure out, you know, that, that consistency stuff this year, which maybe wasn't there the last year or two. They have. I mean, the thing that UConn was doing to teams earlier in the season, I mean, you might recall, they they won every game to start the season for a while. I can't remember, 10, 11 games by double digits. Alabama's on that kind of run right now. Their only losses are to that same UConn team on a neutral and to Gonzaga, who I know has, has dropped a couple, but still like 18th at Ken Palm right now. And so, so don't miss, discount that. But since that loss to Gonzaga, 
eight straight wins for Alabama. They got the sixth longest winning streak in the nation. Every one of those eight wins is by double digits, and that includes teams like Kentucky and Arkansas. And so uh, they are doing some really, really impressive things and absolutely steamrolling their opponents. All right, Isaac, uh, good to chat today. I didn't have to hang up on you, so that's good. And uh, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to do this again soon with the later. But you know what? I do appreciate the uh, the my own worst enemy from Lit as I came in. That's a well played maneuver there, and takes me back to my high school days. Yeah, it's uh, you know we, we like to go we, we like to put you in your fields with, with the bump bag music. So <laughs> that's that's how we do it around here. All right, Isaac, uh, good stuff, man. We'll, we'll do this again soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Great to be on. Thanks so much for having me. That is Isaac Shade from the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Catch that wherever podcasts are available. The Locked On Podcast Network. They have uh, they got lots of podcasts about lots of things. So uh, do go check that out uh, wherever it is that you get your podcast. With that, we will take a break. Come back and wrap up the hour next. And we will get to Chris Carlson, Syracuse.com, talking NIL, talking recruiting, talking courtside seats at the top of the hour. When we come back in this hour, brought to you by William Attar, just past 244 by five minutes or so, but hurt in a car, call William Attar at 444-4444. Back after this, it's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.